Credentialing has been an essential part of the education conversation for many years. However, it's kind of moved in fits and starts. It's been a challenge to identify the when of credentialing. When do I get started? When will the industry be ready to acknowledge credentials? We recently created a new publication that makes the case for credentials happening now. Along the way, we answer some of the questions around the who, what, why, and how of credentialing. It's a great place to see some of what's being done and what you can do next. Check it out at gettingsmart.com credentialed. That's gettingsmart.com credentialed. I'll put a link in the show notes too. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Rebecca Middles. Hi, I'm Victoria Andrews. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Catherine Kennedy, Executive Director of Wellness for Educators, a nonprofit that is invested in and passionate about supporting educators worldwide with research-based trauma and equity-informed trainings, coaching, and strategies for social, emotional, mental, and physical health and well-being. We're also joined by Dr. Rebecca Ito. She's the treasurer of the board of directors for Wellness for Educators. She's also the principal of Indiana University High School Online. We recently had the pleasure of meeting Catherine and Rebecca at the Digital Learning Annual Conference in Austin, Texas, DLAC, where we hit it off real quickly. And we had a chance to learn more about Catherine and Rebecca. And we're just really grateful to have them here on the show with us today. It's so great to be with you. Thank you so much. Glad, glad to be here and um, honored to, to have the opportunity to have this conversation. Great. So since we're centered and focused on wellness, I thought we would just start off by sharing what we're each um, focused on in the space of wellness for ourselves personally. And I don't mind going first. <laughs> so right now I am slowing down intentionally because I've always felt this mad dash to rush and accomplish something next. Like you're a teacher, it's like, okay, now I got to get a master's degree. Now I have to do this. And now I have to go swing for this position. So I've been really trying to just slow down, focus, um, and even catching myself and recognizing when I have that internal feeling of hurriedness. There's even an app I have that helps me to check in and regulate with my feelings too. And I have the opportunity to say, this is how I'm feeling. And it helps you to name the feeling like eased or tensed or stressed or chill or meh. And then I have to explain what I'm doing and who I'm around. So that's been very good for me to slow down and recognize what I'm feeling. I also have had a commitment to live in the present more um, with more intention um, and to appreciate that time with my young children and two new puppies have helped. So that did, uh, that definitely um, makes you get outside, take the walks, have the time, enjoy the moments. And that's been really helpful. Um, I strive to do more of what Victoria shared and what we're going to learn about today. And that's why I like to be on podcasts like this, because I'm learning right alongside the list, the listeners. Sure. And I'll just say that I love that we're starting off with this question because it it brings the focus back to us as human beings. And Victoria, back to your <laughs> comment of slowing down um, rather than humans doing. Um, so thank you for that intentionality. Um, so for me, wellness is a daily practice because every day, as we know, is different in terms of the stressors that we encounter. Um, 
And stressors don't always have to be negative. I think that oftentimes we think that stress is always negative, but it's not. Um, So for instance, like my husband and I, as I mentioned before we got started today, (laughs) we're in the process of buying a house and like there's boxes all over the place, which is why I'm like in this small corner of the space that (laughs) actually looks okay behind me. But, um, but it's a good, it's a good stressor. Um, So we all have layers, I think, of those extra to-dos. So truly is just a practice of maintaining some sense of groundedness in the midst of the constant shifts that are happening around us and to us. And I think in those shifts, I try to keep uh, patience and self-compassion and uh, grace in my back pocket <laughs> to pull out as I need them as unexpected things come up and and they always do right <laughs> so um, I also have some constants in my routine that help and like I go to the gym every morning I also practice different forms of meditation that are not really traditional so like I do walking meditation or tea meditation, which is just enjoying your cup of tea with intention, (laughs) um, or breathing meditations, or when we do have a wood burning stove, I love the process of actually making a fire and collecting the kindling and things like that. So just really trying to kind of factor in things that really um, keep a small sense of grounding, and it doesn't have to be a lot of time. Ooh, wait. I loved all those, Catherine. I'm still in your T1. We're, we're big T people around here at Getting Smart. I love, Catherine, what you said about um, how stressors don't have to be negative, right? I think we, um, I know I, I won't speak for anybody but my own experience here, but I know that I am one who um, thinks, oh, but I shouldn't be this stressed. This is a positive thing, right? And, and um, so I really just appreciate you sharing that and this opening conversation of these grounded practices, because I think that that notion of like hashtag self-care, but what, how, right? Um, So thank you for for this. Um, Things that I do, my constants, I knit behind me. I've got some knitting in my office here. I've got some different things. I've always got a project in my bag and that helps me to keep my hands busy, Um, especially when I'm tense, especially when I'm sitting, listening to people, or if I need to think, Um, I'm sitting here today in my school office outside of my door. Um, I have a puzzle. My staff is actually not thrilled about this new puzzle. It's a blank puzzle. It's totally blank and they're not thrilled, but you know, it's, it's a way of, of sort of giving me a place to focus something that literally putting things in their place helps a lot. Um, I, I listen to a lot of music and I don't limit myself to genres. Um, so those are some things that I do um, so constantly. Uh, I walk my dog. I talk to my dog. We have full conversations. It's a whole thing. Um, but something I'm working on now that is hard for me, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, is uh, I'm trying to step out of negative spaces and be okay with that and, and say um, that it's okay if I'm taking care of myself um, even if other people aren't thrilled that I'm taking care of me, um, I don't need to worry that they're not happy that I'm taking care of me. I need to take care of me because if I can't, and this is our theme in educator for wellness for educators, 
is um, if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't serve others. We have to fill ourselves first. And so that's definitely something that I am working on. It's not something that I have mastered and honestly that I think I will master, but it's something I'm working on to say, oh, this is an unhealthy or a negative space. And it's okay if I step back from that or if I don't engage in this way because that's not going to help me to do the work that I need to do, which in my work is to serve children. And so if it's not serving that, then I'm working really hard to let that go. Yeah, as I'm sure many of us are. Um, well, we've started to touch on it. So let's let's jump into what is this wellness of an educator work that we're talking about wellness for educators, and then what is the origin story? So wellness for educators, really, when I first started it, was going to be wicked small. I uh, started noodling on the idea back in 2018 uh, when I was shifting out of my full-time position into education consulting work for my digital and online learning side of my passions. And at that time, I was also going through my own mental health and wellness journey and healing from uh, adverse childhood experiences and trauma, early childhood trauma that I had experienced. And so during that time, I realized how important it was to not only work on our cognitive healing, but also the healing that is needed for the trauma that gets stuck in our physical bodies, because um, that can also wreak havoc on our nervous systems and our, and our immune system in general. And so I was working my way through that. And as I was doing that, I was learning so much. And I was like, this would be really awesome to share with educators. So we're just going to do, and I say we because it was my two older sisters and I were also in the education space. We were just going to do wicked short three to five minute videos using yoga, mindfulness, qigong, uh, meditation. And we did that. And then um, I was wanting to do more, of course, because always um, uh, we started a podcast. We then added webinars and then the pandemic hit. And at that point, I was also, like I said, in digital and online learning. So I was working on a, large, a lot of large projects, some with some states, some with some uh, organizations in the education space, some with schools and districts. And as I was seeing everything happening and all of the trauma and prolonged stress that people were uh, experiencing, I was like, we really need to center mental health and wellness, or we're not going to be looking very good in about two years. And case in point, here we are in a pretty serious situation with mental health crises, not only for our students, but also for our educators and the world at large. And so all that to say, we ramped up, we decided at that time, and uh, Rebecca has been part of it since the beginning, uh, we started um, to form a nonprofit. Uh, this was the end of 2020. And, um, and yeah, the rest is history. We've just started to grow and grow and grow from there. And um, really wouldn't be anywhere without our board. Again, Rebecca has been with us since the beginning, and um, so has Shamari, who you met at DLAC as well. So, yeah, just grateful for the people who believed in us and also just really um, contribute all of their knowledge and um, support in, in guiding us as we grow. 
And I'll jump in and say, you know, um, so Catherine and I met, well, Catherine found me. So we'll just say that piece and, and drew me in. And um, I mean, how can you not love Catherine Kennedy? So um, I was just immediately drawn. And it's so interesting because I remember Catherine at the very beginning, she said, I'm thinking about starting this wellness for educators. And we talked it through, right? And, um, and it's amazing because just to sort of springboard off of what you were talking about, Catherine, once the pandemic started, so I, my work is all focused on um, where I, I study how teachers learn, especially in online spaces. And I do a lot of work with teachers. And, you know, teaching teachers how to teach online is a thing anyway, because it feels so different. Doing that in the context of a pandemic where we have all of these other negative stressors and all of these other layers, narratives that are um, at the same time building educators up and pushing them down um, was really uh, challenging. And so the work we were doing, Catherine, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like it evolved with all of us. You know, as we saw need, we were started to respond and we were, I would say we were pretty nimble and really listening to what the educators were needing, and then trying really hard to respond to that. And that's how we came up with like our equity sessions. And um, I'm thinking about the evolution of our library of resources, um, uh, the evolution of the podcasts. Um, what's been so lovely as, as a not driver, but sort of board member of, of Wellness for Educators has been to see the evolution of this and as we've grown, we're growing alongside and with educators rather than like trying to say, oh, and here's some wellness stuff you should do, right? And so I just want to make sure I pull that out because I think that's been a really unique and special part of being part of the growth of wellness for educators. Yeah, I, I love how you put that, Rebecca, because even from the beginning, like when my sisters and I were starting to talk about this, it was like... I don't want to do a one size fits all type space. There's so many of those things already. And and this was pre-pandemic. And I was just like, I'd rather like work with each individual group that we work with almost like, and what we call it is like a choose your own adventure, like the choose your own adventure books. I was like wicked obsessed with those as, as a teenager um, and as a librarian once I was uh, uh, that for a bit of time. But like, I feel like it it makes more sense that way because each individual meeting and, and people are actually surprised organizations and schools and districts are actually surprised when I say they're like, okay, what can you offer us? What can you offer us? Like looking for those pre-packaged, like, here you go. This is, this is what you're getting. And I'm like, no, let's, let's sit and talk about the needs of your educators and really understand what they need and what we can do to support them. And our team is like wicked agile to put something together that really is going to make a difference and actually like help whatever team we're working with um, grow and, and heal and uh, just really get back to what they love doing. I'm so glad that both of you guys highlighted just the, first of all, what I heard was we can't just put this, you know, bandaid on wellness for, for people in education space. Like here's a prepackaged something, take this pill everybody's well on your campus. Like that's definitely not the approach. And it shows um, when you guys developed the uh, equity and wellness summit, because there's a variety of sessions, there's a variety of timeframes, and there's a variety of approaches to wellness. And so I'm excited about it. 
I know it's upcoming. And um, it's, I, first of all, I love that it's online. And so people can, you know, from whatever space that they're in, I know that there are sessions that are 15 minutes, some that are 30, a little bit longer. I don't want to go on and on about it because I'm going to be an attendee, but I'd love to hear more about that um, equity and wellness summit that's coming up and just share for people that are interested. Yeah, of course, uh, Rebecca, I can jump in. And then if you want to jump in on some of the sessions you're leading, um, so we put this together in collaboration, and that's a big part of what we do is we are a very small team, and I'm, I'm going to try to stop saying wicked all the time. You can tell what part of the country I'm from by my language. Um, so uh, we, ha- we started out with a small team. We still have a small team, um, but we have contractors, and we also have a lot of um, organizations that we partner with and also individuals that we partner with like licensed mental health professionals that help us deliver the programming that we uh, provide uh, as part of our work. Um, And so this Equity and Wellness Summit just really came out of everything that was happening in terms of um, the racial reckoning and really trying to focus what we already are doing internally as an organization, as an anti-racist organization. We're really trying to think critically about when we talk about wellness, we have to talk about it in equitable ways. We have to talk about it in accessible ways. And so what does that mean to every single person who is in the education field and supporting the education field? And so we're partnering with two organizations including Voice for Equity, which is led by Dr. Christina Kishimoto and Tiana Hill, uh, and then also the Center for Educational Justice, and we're working with specifically Dr. McKella Bjork. Uh, And they are just amazing organizations already doing the equity work, and we are wanting them to be part of this as well. So we have them uh, organizing some of the sessions. Um, I know, for instance, Tiana put together a wonderful mindfulness-based session uh, talking about how mindfulness is integrated into schools. So there's a lot of um, examples of the schools that they're working with there. We also have a a great session that um, Shamari Jones, who you met at DLAC, is leading on courageous conversations, which is, again, one of those conversations that we were having during DLAC. Uh, And so he and Dr. Paul Sutton, who is part of his podcast team, and Aaron Shorn from Unruler, uh, had a great conversation, uh, are going to have a great conversation about that. And I would love, um, Rebecca, if you would talk about the Defining Wellness session that you and Jonathan and Alejandra um, are part of. Yeah, and we added Shamari to that group, too. You know, um, so um, we're, we, we have a session on um, defining wellness equitably. Um, and, and I think what I love about this group, right, is that we don't assume that we know anything, right? We assume that we're all experts and we're all learners. Um, Victoria and Rebecca, you actually experienced that in our sessions at DLAC. And we do this deliberately, right? When Shamari and I lead sessions, actually when all of us lead sessions, um, we try not to stand in the center, right? Because we're not the center. We, we, I think we said in our sessions, right? The ex- talk to the experts in the room, 
who are at your tables, who are around you, because this is who we're going to learn from. And everybody's experience matters. Everybody's experience is valuable. And just even this kind of conversation is the way we define wellness equitably. Because we don't assume we come into a space and say, ah, I have the wellness solution for you. Let me show it to you. It's not going to work. It does, that's not how this, this goes. Um, one of my wellness things that I didn't share at the beginning of this session is I actually pay every month $7.99 for a karaoke app so that I can sing my heart out in my house. And it's great, right? And I share that to say, this is what I need. And this helps me. And I walk around singing all the time and it helps me focus. And that is something that I need. And I also need my staff to be tolerant of that. I need my community to be tolerant of the way I'm finding wellness. I have knitting in my hand all the time. And I explain ahead of time. Like I'm not, I'm not obnoxious about it. Right. And, but I say, um, I'm doing this to focus. Right. In our in our session on defining wellness equitably, um, the four of us talk through different ways that we each find wellness for ourselves. Um, Jonathan spoke to the way he reads scripture in the morning. Alejandra spoke to the way that she uh, does art and facilitates art uh, creation with children. Um, Shamari spoke to the way that he facilitates wellness in his spaces with, in, within his district and how that's challenging. Um, I pose a question that um, asks, okay, if I buy all of the things and know that we need to promote wellness, like as, as an administrator, um, this is challenging, right? Because I know, I know I need to facilitate a space of wellness for my teachers. And I know that I need to promote um, the values that, that we celebrate at Wellness for Educators. And I live in Indiana. And there are some words and some conversations that are really hard to have in this state. So as an administrator, I have to do this weird thing where I have to, I, ha I want to care for my teachers so that we can care for our students. And I have to be really careful about the words and the ways that I do that, because I'm accountable in a state where maybe some of these conversations aren't useful. So in this conversation, we get to have um, real uh, dialogue about both what we do to keep ourselves healthy and where we find challenge in that, where we still have room to grow both as ourselves, as a community. And I think the most beautiful part about well, our session, but I think the whole summit is that we're not coming in with any kind of solutions. Now, that's challenging too, right? Because we're coming to the, to the summit looking for the way to be well. I don't know that we'll find the one way. What we will find at this summit is a whole bunch of people who have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise in being educators who are on a journey trying to find wellness. Before we started, um, I think, Victoria, you asked a question. Who's the first well-educator you came up came up against? I, I, I don't know that I've met one, right? Like, I really don't. And, and I don't mean that in a negative kind of way. I actually mean that in a really positive, like, we're all on our journey toward wellness. And I think being really hmm, gracious toward ourselves, 
knowing that this is a journey, this is a practice and something that's going to evolve over time and knowing that we can grow as a community, support each other as a community on that journey um, is really special. So that's what our session is about. Um, that's, I think, generally what we're about in the summit and as an organization. Um, and I just pause my little ramble here by saying um, it's the most wonderful and beautiful thing to be part of. Right? It's been so empowering um, and so freeing, really, to know that there isn't one way, and that makes it okay to find my karaoke or my knitting or saying no or saying yes. I, I think that, that that is actually, Rebecca, you, you hit on it right there, and that's another intentionality that we had in putting the sessions together is it's just not just about mindfulness. It's not just about yoga. It's uh, not just about qigong or meditation or any kind of uh, strategy. It's also about the other pieces of wellness that we don't typically talk about, um, especially at schools. Um, and so I think I think the, the extra intentionality that we had with creating the summit is that we also incorporated a bunch of different modalities and strategies so that people could get just a bite-size experience. Because I think that it's easy for me to talk about like what dance does to the nervous system, what breath does to the nervous system. For Rebecca, what music and singing sound does to the nervous system. But until you actually get in there and experience it yourself, you're not really going to buy into it likely. So that is something that we've also intentionally put in are places where we have about 15 minute different strategies that um, some expert would come in, a dance therapist, a play therapist will come in and really have some uh, interactive fun with the audience. Um, we also have intentionally built in communities parts. Um, so there's a way to connect with other people who are, who are joining. And then I think the last thing I will say is that if anybody does want to attend, but they don't have the time because it is during main times during the day, it's 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time, April 5th through the 7th. All of the sessions will be recorded, so you'll be able to access those after the fact. So if you want to register and you can access them later, all good. Um, the only part that you'll miss out on, obviously, are the community sessions um, where we'll have discussions and things. That is so awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. We're not even going to mention that you guys have an amazing keynote in the Dina Simmons so if you are not going, if you're not scheduled to go to this, please make, find, create the time. Your wellness journey will thank you tenfold for doing and signing up to be a part of the Equity and Wellness Summit hosted by Wellness for Educators. Thank you both so much for joining. Um, this is lovely to hear more about all of these opportunities. I'm sure like many of you, if you're like me right now, your face is hurting from smiling so much during this because it's been bringing so much joy and so many great ideas that I, I know that we've had to revisit personally. Um, listeners can find out more at wellforedu.org, W-E-L-L, 
number four, edu.org. Thank you both for joining us and making the time to share your journey. And we look forward to following you in the future. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much. 